yo, yo, what is up? You are listening to the Seamless Garage Podcast, and I'm your host, Stevie G. What's up? So look, on this episode, I'm going to talk about the 10 most most common misconceptions or issues that I see in the field with new technicians coming into the field. I had the same issues coming through, and it just burns me up when I see people fail or they get discouraged because they got the wrong mindset coming into the field. Uh, so I'm going to address those things. If you're a new technician, check it out. If you know somebody getting into the field, check it out. Or you just might be interested in what's going down. But uh, other than that, I'm going to show you a couple other cool things that happened to me this week. But yeah, stay tuned and let's get it. Basically, let's start out with this. So I got to give a big thanks to my dad because he sent me something that's really cool. I'm going to show you guys. It's pretty freaking epic, isn't it? Like, for real. So uh, if you're listening, it's an awesome sign uh, that my dad made for me with, I think it's a CNC router is what he used. Um, It's the logo. It's the seamless logo. And it's freaking epic. Um, me describing it's not going to do any good. Uh, it's not going to give it any any credit. So uh, go and check out the video that's going to be posted on YouTube. I'm doing videos of the podcast now. So uh, yeah, go check that out on my YouTube. Uh, the link will be attached at the, at the bottom. Uh, it'll be attached in the description of this podcast. Um, so yeah, that was freaking epic he sent me a video of it being made and i was like i I couldn't imagine what it was going to be uh i mean i knew it was going to be a sign but i didn't realize it was going to be that epic um so yeah and also i just got a little saying on the back it's pretty heartfelt pretty awesome uh i told my dad i said this is going to be uh something that that um I probably passed down something that, yeah, definitely going to pass it down. It's going to be in the family. And as long as the Seamless, you know, even if the Seamless uh, brand is not still alive because my children don't want to pass it on, that's fine. I'm not pushing that on them. But um, it's just huge. This is really awesome. Um, So anyway, it says, son, it makes me proud to see the man you've become. You have all of the traits that a father could wish for. Never let that fire in your gut burn out. And, uh... Yeah, it's just a really personal piece for me and like I told him it doesn't matter like that it's huge for me I don't I don't know how to explain it um it's gonna be in the family for a long time I mean that's the first big piece um and so the other thing um again if you're listening you're not gonna be able to see this but my um uh, my brother 
he, uh, him and my mother got together. They knew that I needed a PC um, because of Seamless. You know, uh, Seamless, if you don't know already, Seamless and Seamless Garage is going to be all content-based. Um, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to go uh, out into the consumer base of uh, having customers, you know, the I don't know. Uh, some I may ha I do have aspirations for tuning, maybe having a dyno one day and tuning vehicles. Uh, who knows what what's what's down the road? Maybe I decide I do want to build people's performance cars for them. Maybe I decide it's worth it to deal with the pain sometimes that some people you know aren't happy with with what you got going on. Um, but right now it's just going to be content and bringing value for people. If it's if it's not entertainment, it's going to be value like what I'm about to do. This you know what I'm about to tell you about the misconceptions uh, for new technicians, it's going to bring value to somebody. It may not be you, but it may be somebody you know. Um, so anyway, with that being said, they knew I needed a PC. My brother's been trying to build one for me for a long time. He's been getting the parts together, and uh, he got a hold of my mom and uh, for a Christmas slash birthday gift, because my birthday is actually, uh, when you see this, it'll be Thursday, which will be my birthday on the 20th. Um, they got together, got the rest of my mom was like, you know what, I'll buy the rest of the parts and uh, and we'll get this thing going. And so my brother came up this last weekend and um, he did a video on it. Um, I'll, I'll link that down below too. I don't think the video's out yet, but I'll link the, uh, the YouTube page so you can check that out, the channel. Um, but anyway, so that's what it looks like. It's pretty epic uh, to describe it. It's uh, what you would what you would think in a custom build if you've ever seen a custom build with the uh, RGB lighting and everything. It's freaking awesome. So, but performance-wise, it's great. I mean, obviously, my brother knows what he's doing. That's what he does for a living is is puts computers together, um, and he's training to be IT. So, just all of that stuff that you know, I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about. But I will say that it translates well well translates well into building vehicles. Um, I can see where it can get addicting, just like building a vehicle, uh, just like building a race car, or just just a show car, because it's so modular. You can and there's so many options out there on the market. You can put it together however you want. Um, and with my brother, you know, no pun intended, but it went seamlessly. You know, he knows what he's doing, and we kept making a joke throughout. You know, the build. You know, it was seamless. We we're gonna make it seamless, um, and it is. I mean, it's epic. I love it, and. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't thank my mom and my brother enough for that. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> it means a lot to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, already uh, it's took me to a new level. You know, I'm doing videos now. Uh, I've already made some memes. I don't know if you've seen the one with, that I put my head on. You know, I couldn't do that on my phone or something. Maybe I could, but this was a whole lot easier using paint and stuff. So, um, and yeah, by the way, um, if you know anything about editing and content editing, I haven't uh, purchased a, a software yet for it. So if you have any intel on that or know of a good one or one that you use that you like, please you know hit me up and you know DM me, message me, whatever, and let me know what you're using because uh, I would really like to know what everybody else is using out there because I don't want to waste my money on something that's you know inferior. Um, so anyway, yeah. Thanks, Dad, for the sign. Thanks, Mom and uh, my brother for this PC.
because like I said, it was great bonding with my brother. You know, it's we haven't spent that much time together like that for in a long time, and uh, we used to be really close. So it's good to get back to that, and it was good to chat with him and and see him. So uh, yeah, the build the build helped that. So so yeah, expect a whole lot more content now. Um, Cause my mind is just my mind's blown. I'm I'm coming up with new content all the time. I just got to get it created um, and get it put together. It's all, this is all new to me. Uh, putting myself out there on a platform is all new to me. Um, if you if you don't know me from before, I, I wasn't on social media much. So, but anyway, thanks to all of them. And then um, yeah, so I wanted to bring up something real quick. It's a little bit of personal development. So if you don't if you don't like it, it's cool. You can skip past it, but. Um, I've been talking about judging yourself, and I learned this from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, or Gary V. He's better known as Gary V. And uh, if you don't know who he is, you should go check him out. And that's all you gotta do is type in Gary and then V-E-E. Um, he's what helped me explode on the content, uh, give me all the ideas. Uh, anyway, the one thing that unlocked me was the judgment of others. I didn't realize that I was walking around worried about what I would dress and everything else, worried about what other people thought about me. Um, that was that was a lot of the reason I was living my life was about other people. You know, uh, as soon as I realized to not get be judged by other people, not worry about that, um, I felt a hundred percent better. And obviously, it's something that just just doesn't go away, and it's not you know a hundred percent gone, but it's better, and I can recognize it. And when I see it, I push it away from me. Um, and, and, and that all comes from inside self-esteem, obviously, and self-judging, judging yourself. And uh, that's really what I wanted to talk about was judging yourself. Um, it's easy to, when you don't do something you said you were going to do or you expected to do something and you didn't get it done, to judge yourself or you made a bad decision, a bad judgment call. So you judge yourself um, and you dwell on that instead of moving past it, moving forward. Um, and so my life has gotten better. My happiness has has grown because um, I'm not judging people when they make mistakes because I'm not judging myself. So there's no judgment at all, which is awesome. I love that. There's no pressure. And I love to be able to tell people that, hey, there's no pressure. You made a mistake, whatever. There's no pressure. Um, that way you can get more done. Because I, like, I feel like when you're really pressured, you start to do things you wouldn't normally do as a human being and um, being yourself, that uniqueness about yourself. So, yeah, just just try your hardest. As soon as you recognize it, try to get rid of it. Um, because as soon as you stop judging yourself, you stop judging others, actually. And then your life gets a whole lot better. You know, when there's no judgment, it's free range. You know, you can do, what else, you, can do whatever you want. And uh, I think one thing that people worry about is the judgment of their parents. Uh, a lot of people are living their lives for their parents. And uh, it scares them to go out and do what they want because they're afraid of what their parents are going to think. Um, so that can be a jail for you, and that's not cool. You know, you need to you need to step out of that boundary and uh, and go after what you want. Because at the end of the day, your parents don't know what you want. Yes, they want the best for you, but they want the best in their eyes. They don't know what you want. Um and, you know, quite frankly, there's people in their 50s, 60s, and even older that still don't have it figured out. So, you know, just take advice with a grain of salt and, and go out there and figure out yourself. You're talking to your your parents and stuff. You're talking to people who came from a different era. 
you know, we're in a content era now. They didn't have that back then, so they don't understand. And a lot of them think that social media and stuff like that is bad, and they just don't understand that that's the name of the game, and that's how you get yourself out there right now. There's so much opportunity. That's how you're listening to me or seeing me right now is from the Internet and uh, social media. You know, uh, without that, it wouldn't be possible. I'd have, I'd have to pay millions of dollars to get on TV in front of you or to get in the get in the news or get on the radio back then, you know, so... I'm very grateful for all of this, but so that's just that little tidbit I wanted to tell you. You know, uh, focus on not judging yourself and don't dwell on things so much, and you'll be able to make decisions easier, and you'll be able to, you know, get get progress and be happy. And happiness is the goal. That's the goal. Um, so anyway, on to the big topic. Like I said, it's going to be ten common misconceptions or issues that I've got wrote down here on my computer because I was going to forget. Um, but it was really easy to type up because they just popped in my head because I see them every day. All right, so number one, and, and they're not in a order of rank. It's just, you know, one through ten. Number one, entitlement and earn your keep. Um, and I put on there a little asterisk for Lubrac. Um, and what I'm saying is, when you come out of tech school, or even if you don't come out of tech school, but you're like, you know what, I I want to aspire to be a technician. I'm not saying you have to go to tech school. I'm not. I did, and it accelerated me. It may take you longer to do it without tech school, but I do believe you can do it. If you put in the work, I promise you, if you study, you can do it. It just accelerated me. That's all it was. UTI accelerated me. Um sooner and to a, a fa- at a faster rate than it would if you start out bare bones. Um, and you've got to remember, I turned riches since I was five. So, um, you know, if you haven't, it's okay. You need to know that it doesn't matter if there's somebody younger in the field that knows more than you. You, you can't let that... It's, it's your life. So, anyway, that's what I wanted to say is the Lubrat guys and just other guys I talked to... Um, they feel like they should be a technician right now. And uh, I've seen so many so many leave shops because um, they're in the lube rack and they're not getting looked at or not getting moved up. Well, you have to realize that you've got to wait for a spot to open. And secondly, even if it's not a spot, you're going to be under another, uh, you're going to be under another technician. So maybe they can't afford that right now. Maybe it's the winter months. And uh, not only that, if you're in the lube rack and they move you up straight to technician and you don't even have any tech school and it's your first job, you're not you're not gonna do well. You're gonna you're not gonna survive. I'm just being honest with you. You're not gonna survive and that's not what you want. You wanna learn, like don't rush the process. You know you're young, I don't care how old you are, you're young. So don't rush the process. Um the next thing I want to bring up, uh, the second thing is start building your tool set before you become a tech. And what I mean by that is I am specifically talking to lube rack guys or guys going through the field or guys, I'm sorry, guys and gals. I'm sorry. I'm just so used to seeing guys in the, in the shop, guys and gals, anybody that's trying to be a technician. If you're in tech school or you're already in the, in the field as like a lubrac or, or even a porter or whatever, but you aspire to be a technician, um, start buying tools now. You may not know what you want, but buy the basics that you know you're going to use. Um, if you're already uh, looking to get in this field, you already have an idea of what you need. Um, 
start doing that before you become a tech or before you even uh, inquire to be a helper. It would be nice if you had your own tools as a helper because let me tell you, uh, borrowing tools from a technician that you're learning from um, sucks because uh, I know from experience because I've had five or six helpers and you're never going to put that tool back like I want it and you might lose my tool, you know, and so always I'm kind of weird about it because you're touching my tools, you know. Um, so it's always good. They're going to let you borrow their tools because you're helping them make money. But at the end of the day, they're still not going to like it. Trust me, I didn't like it, and I was making more money with, with uh, helpers. So that's what I'm saying is build your tool set. Uh, like I said, a lot of people complain. They're like, oh, I can't buy tools or I can't afford them until I become a tech. You do not want that. Yet again, another misconception. You do not want that. You want them to make you a tech and then you not have the tools so you can't make any money and then you're borrowing tools from everybody? What if nobody lets you borrow a tool? You're stuck like Chuck, brother. So don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Build that toolbox. Um, This goes right along with it. Number three. This goes right along with it and this is important before you get those tools. This is very important. You have to have something to put them in. A toolbox. Don't buy the biggest name brand toolbox you can find. This is talking to the guys who do have money that are trying to get in the field. Maybe it's their second career, or maybe they just have money and they're they're getting into the field, or maybe their family's got money. Don't go out and buy that big name brand toolbox. I've seen it more than not, and and even the ones that I've given advice, they don't listen. They'll go out and buy that Madco Snap-on or Mac toolbox. Don't be got. Don't get got by a salesman, because that's what tool guys. A lot of tool guys are not all of them. I can't say that. I got a lot of tool guy friends that aren't that way. But there's a lot of tool guys out there that are salesmen, and you can't blame them because that's their job. They make the most money off of toolboxes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's like buying a car almost. Um, and toolboxes are expensive if you haven't looked into them recently. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, two, three, four, five grand and on up. Uh, for entry level, you're looking at around two to three grand. Um, same toolbox you can get, and you can cringe if you want. Other technicians cringe. U.S. General from Harbor Freight, um, Husky, Craftsman, you name it. And let me tell you, my toolbox is a Craftsman. And yes, I'm a Master Tech. I'm a Nissan Master Tech with ASCs. And I have a Craftsman toolbox as my main box. And I've had it for eight years now. And still rolls around just fine uh drawers still work just great and uh, I, like i said i don't have a single i don't have a single uh negative thing to say about it i don't um it just holds your tools let me just tell you that it just holds your tools so what i'm going to say tools are better than the box tools are more important than the box get you a decent box okay it's cool you can swag out they got different colors now you know what i'm saying uh the roll arounds too what i would suggest Start out with a roll-around toolbox with the flip-up lid, five drawers with a little area you can put your cans and stuff in the bottom with a flip-out uh, table and all that. You can get one of those at Harbor Freight for 200 bucks, and you can get it in any color you can think of. White, red, green, uh, black, blue, all, all the above for 200 bucks. And, and that same toolbox is going to cost you, like I said, 1200 to 1500 to two grand on the, on the tool truck. Um, so that grand to fifteen hundred uh, dollars that you saved, you can put in tools. Imagine how many tools you can get with fifteen hundred bucks for real. You can fill that toolbox up. Um, 
Now, when it comes to tools on that, this is just a little tangent off of that. This isn't a, a part of the misconceptions, but just a little tangent off that to give you some more advice. When you do get those tools, now, you do want to go name brand with certain things like your wrenches, your impacts, and things like that that you're going to use on the daily. And like wrenches and sockets and stuff are precision, and I will tell you that they're better quality with, uh, with name brand. Um, and also, you're getting that lifetime warranty. Um, so do invest in that. Um, the cheaper tools you can get at Harbor Freight and stuff, you get them like um, if you're not going to use them very much and it's just something that you use every now and then on a car here and there, sure, or something that's going to wear out anyway, no big deal. But your precision tools, and what I mean by that is you know anything that's like for sockets that go on a fastener um, or your ratchets and stuff, Go ahead and invest in those name brand tools. I'm just saying the boxes are way overpriced and not worth it at this point. The uh, the performance or quality gap is so small in the in comparison to the cheap ones and the expensive ones. In my opinion, that it's not worth it. You know, people are standing in those Snap-on toolbox drawers. Who the hell is going to put that much, that many tools, that that consistency of tools in a fucking drawer? I mean, I'm just being honest. It's stupid to me. Um, the fourth thing, get your ASC certs as soon as possible. Hell, you can even get them before you uh, become a tech um, if you do the research. I know plenty of people who have passed and gotten master tech ASCs that I wouldn't let anywhere near my car. So that's how easy the tests are, in my opinion. I'm not saying that you can just... Uh, I'm not saying that my wife should go up there and take them right now because she definitely wouldn't pass. But I'm saying if you do the research and you study and do a few practice tests, sorry, I can't speak today. If you do a few practice tests, uh, you won't have that problem and you can pass just, just fine. Even a few of them will get you in the door. I'll tell you right now, I've got several friends that haven't went to tech school that have ASCs and they got in the door easier than I did. And I didn't have ASCs, but I had six Nissan certs, and I came from UTI, and they got in the door easier than I did. So that should tell you something about ASCs. Uh, I do think ASCs are kind of overrated, but if you want to leverage yourself to get in the door as soon as possible and become a helper or become a tech, uh, that's the best way to do it. Come in there hot and ready with those ASCs. Uh, service managers love seeing that. Uh, the fifth thing. Take all of the training classes and videos offered by the dealer. Um, if you're in an independent shop, I'm sorry you're not going to have that, but you can do extracurricular classes. They offer them all the time in your local area, um, and a lot of them are free. Some of them you got to pay, I don't know, 20 30 bucks to get in. Sometimes Snap-on people will put them on, or O'Reilly's or you know things like that will put on um, classes and courses for techs uh, to learn about various things, and it can give you a leg up. Um, but if you're in a dealership and uh, you're in a certain class where you're where you're a technician or maybe even lube tech, there you know every dealer and uh, and manufacturer has a training course and a training program that you can go to on the computer, and um, it's what helps you move up the tiers from you know a specialist to a senior specialist, master technician, all that, all those classes required. So. If you got free time at the house, get to learning them and taking them, and then start spitting that knowledge at work, and they're gonna realize that that you know what you're talking about, you know. So take advantage of that and get those done because it gives you a leg up as well. They're gonna think you're a go getter, 
And you, you know, at this point, especially if you're a loop tech or even if you're, you know, somewhere else in the leadership, but you're trying to get in there and you've got your, you've got that bug in the service manager's ear, um, you, you're going to be competing with several people because most people who are in the loop rack are trying to do the same thing you're doing. They're trying to move up. So you need to separate yourself from them and prove that you are better than them. Uh, not better than them. I'm sorry. Not like that, but that you are a better candidate to get started and that you you are you know driving and inspiring to be a technician and that you're putting in the work because that shows that you're going to put in the work and you're going to continue your 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 learning and your knowledge throughout your career so yeah get your ASCs uh number number six. Oh yeah that was an ASC so I was training classes I got lost there uh number six Put in your own time for further research of your craft. Uh, craft. Um, use the service manual. So, uh, yeah, put in your own time for research. Um, I don't do it as much now as I should, but I still do it. Um, when you're in this field, you need to be fascinated. You need to be on fire. If you don't love it, then it may not be the right field for you anyway. Because um, in my opinion, you should be chasing what you love. That's where your happiness is going to be. Is where something you enjoy doing every day. Um, but that passion is going to drive you to um, study, study your craft, even outside of those classes that I was telling you about that the dealership offers, and outside of those classes that they offer in your region uh, to learn for technicians. Do some research online, like learn common problems. And if you're in a dealer. Learn common problems on those makes and models. You can search them up. They're online all over the place. So um, you just need to further your research. I was studying like crazy, especially when I was at UTI. I was a man on fire. Um, that's why I came out of there with a 4.0 because at home I was just scrolling. I was, I was learning as much as I could. I was fascinated with, and I still am, fascinated with how vehicles work. And that's why I'm taking it one step further with Seamless and I'm going... I'm going deeper in the fact that um, I'm going to improve the performance of vehicles, if that makes sense. I'm going to make them better in my eyes and in my opinion, uh, make them perform better. So um, that's you know how fascinated I am with it. But anyway, do further research and you know try to figure out you know what things that work. And if you if there's something that you hear that you don't know what it is or um, something that you want to learn that you're like what is that go research it write it down remember it and go research that uh go ask other technicians that uh that's the thing is um you know don't go bug technicians while they're working but if they got free time you say hey man can i go lunch with you i'd like to run something by you you know stuff like that like learn man show show your interest um so the next one is going to be um i put on there huge because it's very important um, this was a big breakthrough for me as a technician. Uh, get over the fear, what I call the fear, and learn to figure things out. So here's the fear thing, and this is I, I didn't realize it till later that this is what unlocked me um, as a technician to improve my hours and efficiency. Okay, I already had the knowledge. Like I, I need to explain how I needed to explain that I was really, really, really ahead um coming into coming into the dealership because of as much studying as I did and working on cars you know as a kid my whole life pretty much I understood how everything worked so I was really ahead however 
and the technician aspect, I was still learning the, the game um, as far as managing your tickets and, and all of that. And obviously, I was still work, learning the brand. I was still learning Nissan. Um, I was still learning the brand. So um, a lot of times, I would jump to the, to the service manual and back and jump to the service manual and back, jump to the service manual, back to the car. Um, and one day, a really good friend of mine... Um, I call him my mentor because he's he taught me a lot of what I know as far as the technician and the dealership world goes. And he came over there and he was like, "Hey man," he was like, "Look man, you need to learn to figure things out on your own." He's like, he's like, you need to quit going to the service manual every every damn time. You need to you know need to figure something out. Yes, the service manual is great and you need to learn how to use it. He said, but some of the stuff you're asking about or you're looking up is easy. Just look at the damn component. And uh, and I took it in my head because, you know, it means a lot to me what he says. And so I took it and I was like, you know what? That's right. And uh, and it, it flipped for me like that. It was like, you know what? I'm going to start looking at stuff first before I just go. I, it was bad. I would go to the service manual when I knew it. Let's say I needed to replace an alternator. I would go to the service manual before I even pulled the vehicle in. And study about how, step by step, how to take that alternator out. Later on down the road, I realized that there was easier ways to do it than the service manual tells you. Um, and there's just ways to speed up the process and get the car repaired faster. Um, that you you do not follow the process in the service manual sometimes at all. Um, and that comes with looking at it yourself. Because he knew that I had the common sense and the knowledge to look at something and take it apart. And uh, once I did that and I started looking at things first, uh, it all came together to me. Now, that may be a novel idea for some people. Maybe that's the first thing that comes to their mind is try to figure it out on their own. But for me, I was worried about breaking things and worried about taking apart the wrong thing, if that made sense. Um, really, I was focused on not, not trying to be a dumbass. Uh, again, the judgment factor. Maybe it paid off for that, but you know I was worried about what other people thought about me because I had a chip on my shoulder. I was trying to prove a point. Um, so yeah, get over that fear. The fear. What I mean by fear is the fear of taking something apart and it and it falling apart or it being doing something that you're not expecting. Um, one example I can say is people are afraid to take off lower control arms and stuff on suspension, especially in the rear. Because they're afraid that the spring is going to fly out or something. And that's just not the case. They just don't understand how it works. Um, so that, you know, that's key. Just get rid of that fear of breaking things and just push forward and, and get that confidence. That's what I was going to say. The confidence. That's what you need. Confidence. Uh, be confident in what you're doing and, uh, and it'll help you. Don't be overly confident. But you know what I mean. Just be confident in what you're doing. Be like, hey, I can do this. Let me figure this out. And then work in a smart manner. That's all I got to say. Um, so the next thing, uh, number number eight, be a sponge and take in information and don't get an ego. Uh, so what I mean by that is um, I'm guilty of this when I first started out. I didn't want to hear what anybody said, even the mentor that I, that I mentioned. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Um, I thought I knew it all. Coming out of UTI, I thought I knew it all, and I thought I was better than everybody in the shop. And uh, that was stupid of me, very very naive and immature to think that, but um, that's what I thought at first. And uh, 
so I had an ego, you know, and the ego got in the way of me being able to take in information. So therefore, while I was kind of stagnant and only learning off of my own self, which is okay, but it's good to have other people give you information because they've been there, done that, and have the experience. Um, but what I want to say with that, you know, is uh, you're going to have somewhat of an ego because you don't you don't necessarily know what other people know so you think that you may know better just because of something they've said um but anyway the gist of it is be open to listening to other technicians it's not going to hurt you to listen even if they're wrong just listen to them and, and you know don't use the information but especially if you've already not tried that but be willing to listen and see if they got something good to offer you um the next thing Take all this just adds on to the the previous one. Take all information with a grain of salt, and then use your better judgment. Um, so, kind of what I said there, but take it with a grain of salt. Even if it's great information you've never heard before about how to do something, try it. But keep in mind, use your better judgment. If it if it doesn't work out okay, try your way though. Like I've always told people. Listen listen to other people and try their way, but think about it for yourself for a minute. Even if it slows you down one time, think about that job or that, that particular process your way one time and see how it goes. You know, you may be great at figuring things out. Um, I feel like I usually figure, the, figure out the better way to do something um, myself. Um, but that's probably the way a lot of people think, you know what I mean? And that may not necessarily be the best way, but in my opinion, that's the best way. So just use your judgment and take what people say with a grain of salt. Um, and so then the last thing, number 10, be ready to make, and this one's huge. This one is, this one's huge. You need to realize this before you decide to enter the tech world. And even if you have, you need to seriously consider this. And uh, some people are going to disagree with me, and you're going to talk to people who are going to disagree with me. Um, but this has been my experience, and a lot of people that I've talked to experience, and we've lost a lot of helpers that became techs because of this. And uh, I don't want that to be you. I want you to have an understanding and get your pocketbook and your bank account ready for this. Be ready to make less than 40 hours for your first year as a tech. And what I mean by that is less than 40 hours a week. Because if you're coming from anything else that's not commission-based, you're looking at 40 hours a week, guaranteed, unless you miss a day or something. And then sometimes overtime, right? That doesn't happen in the flag world. And if you're a new technician, you're still learning the ropes. They're not going to pay you to learn. So you're going to be slower than the rest of the techs if you're a new tech in that shop. You're going to be slower than the rest of them. You're still going to be learning the service manager. You're still going to be doing, if I, if you're doing it right, you're going to be doing everything that I just mentioned. You're So you're taking your time. You're learning the process. You're learning the vehicles. You're learning the service manual. You're learning the, the manufacturer. You're learning the people. You're learning the process of the shop about how to manage your tickets, about you know, priority about um, discussions with service riders and uh, communication between them and your and your customers. You're going to get comebacks. You're going to have to fix those. It's going to slow you down because you're not going to fix it right the first time every time. Um, 
So you're gonna you're gonna flag less than forty hours, and I'm gonna say that's for the majority of people. Maybe there's some crazy people out there. I've actually got a few friends that'll probably disagree with you or disagree with me. Um, but for the majority of you, if you're doing it right and you're doing what I said in this, you're flagging less than forty, and that's okay because guess what? In the next year after that, you're gonna be ahead of those people that are saying that they flagged forty or fifty. Um, their first year. Yeah, you're going to have a couple good weeks, but it's not going to be consistent. You're not going to consistently be flagging 40 or more in your first year as a tech if you're doing these things that I told you. But like I said, you're going to be ahead of everybody else in the next year because you're going to be, you're going to have to put in your research and you're going to be on top of your game. And, and it's going to blow up. Once you get that confidence and get rid of that fear that I told you about, you're going to be unstoppable. So, that is very important. So, yeah, just get ready for that. Don't go in there expecting to make a whole lot of money just because your flag hour rate is higher than what your previous hourly job was because it's probably not going to pan out. It's probably going to be like that. And your slow weeks are going to be even worse, but you just need to save up and be ready for that for that first year. I just It's very important people need to do this. If you don't, you could fail. You really could. Either that or you're going to start cutting corners to make money and it's not going to end well. Because you're not doing it right. It's, there's no longevity. There's no long tail in it. You're just thinking short game. And later on down the road, you're going to be at a disadvantage. So those are the top 10 things that I have to say um, to new technicians if you're a new technician. Um, and like I said, if you know somebody who is starting in the field, please share this with them because they need to know. Um, yeah, so and then so one little add-on bonus um, that goes along with the toolbox stuff and the tools is that, you know, get ready when you become a tech, get ready to spend uh, at least five grand a year in tools. People don't tell you that, but you're going to spend that in tools, especially starting out, you're going to spend it, but I spend that, let's see, I spend probably around five grand, yeah somewhere along there you know you're going to spend technicians spend around five grand or so in tools a year just because you're still building and then there's new stuff that comes out that's better that makes your life easier at first you're going to be buying the necessities and the stuff that you need and the stuff that you keep borrowing from people um but then after all that's taken care of and you've replaced the things that you keep breaking you're going to find that you are going to get into the realm and the, the section of tools that are convenience. You're going to get tired of using that, uh, you know, that hand ratchet and you're going to end up getting an electric ratchet or an air ratchet if that's the thing, but I like electric ratchets, so I just like electric everything, but air it does have more power. Um, so yeah, you're going to like the convenience and you're going to be able to afford it then. You're, that five grand you're going to have is going to be for convenience because you've got everything you need. You've got all your master kits. And that's the other thing I want to say is get master kits. Don't just buy the socket you need. Buy the master kit because you're going to use it eventually. I swear you will. Um, I started out doing that at first to try to be cheap. Buy the sockets, just the sockets that I need. And I ended up spending more because I needed to get the kit anyway. So just get the master kit. But yeah, I hope you like this. This was, uh, you know, the 10 common misconceptions or issues that um, I see new technicians entering the field having. Um, and I, you know, I see it every day and, you know, a lot of them were my friends that end up quitting out of the field and I hate to see that, but 
you know, you got to come into this field knowing what's going on and the expectations. So you're getting the information from someone who has started from square one, ground level, and has, you know, made it all the way up to Master Tech in both ASC and Nissan. So um, that's got to say something. So I'm just, I just want to give this information to somebody who's, who's following my footsteps because I do feel like this field is dying. I do, really do feel like this field is dying, and um, hopefully that's not the case. Um, but it seems like less and less people are interested in doing this kind of work. And maybe it's because they don't know about it, or maybe it's because um, they've heard about the, the way the pay and scale is, is arranged versus the workload. And uh, that's something that needs to be addressed, and we'll probably talk about that in another podcast. But um, there are some things that need to change in the field because, after all, the field has changed since the 50s and, and before. Um, the service field has changed, and so I think the pay scale should change as well, or the pay, the way the pay is structured should change. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got to say about that without getting myself in trouble. Um, so the last thing. Always got to do it. Question of the day. Do you think electric cars are a fad or do you think they're here to stay? Let me know. Send me a comment. Uh, you know, send me a comment on Facebook or Instagram because I'm going to post about that here in just a minute. Um, and let's start a discussion and uh, see what everybody thinks. Are electric cars here to stay or are they going to phase out like hybrids did? So, Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening in, and like I said, share this to somebody who's becoming a tech or is a tech already. It could still help them, um, or if you're a tech yourself, hopefully you got value out of this, and um, yeah, this is, uh, this has uh, been great, so we'll see you on the next uh, podcast, and um, yep, see you then. Hey, thanks for listening to the Seamless Garage Podcast. If you liked it, share it, um, and obviously go follow so that you get notifications when a new episode is getting released. Um, my social media is the Real Stevie. That's for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for TikTok, Facebook, and Snapchat, it's just Stevie Gilliland. Um, as far as Derek goes, it's just Derek Blackwell on Facebook. That's the only social media he has right now. Um, so yeah, go follow those if you want to see what we're up to on a daily basis. And uh, we'll be putting out plenty more. So just thanks for tuning in.